Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pages of HR. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast provides insightful conversations about HR-related books with the writers who create them. By the end of these conversations, we hope that you'll have actionable insights for your business, best practices to tap, and new information to ponder. In last month's episode, I was joined by Ramona Shaw, a certified professional leadership coach, podcast host, and author of The Confident and Competent New Manager, How to Rapidly Rise to Success in Your First Leadership Role. Welcome back to part two of our conversation. Listen in as we discuss how new leaders can crush self-doubt and build self-confidence, the importance of managing your mind, listening to your inner dialogue and challenging it, and more. Enjoy. And the reason why I picked this particular uh, excerpt from the book is because when we're shifting into this new mindset and we're coaching more, we're doing less, we're thinking about the results of others, our days will naturally look or feel a bit less productive, right? Because it feels like we're constantly helping other people solve problems and overcome challenges. We sometimes even feel like we're a bit of a therapist on the emotional side. And it's easy to find yourself and often happens that that the new manager looks at the clock and it's four o'clock or five o'clock and they look at their to-do list and they think, oh my gosh, I what did I do today? I got nothing done. And not only do they feel guilty, but they may also start to wonder, hey, people, people wonder too. They don't see any output from me. So I'm sure they're thinking, what is Ramona doing over there in her home office all day, all day long? Uh, and... And that can create this inner conflict. And we may just want to then have this urge to, to be busy and to do work. And that's the thing we have to we just pause, rethink. Is that really where I should be spending my time? Or as a leader, should I be spending my time differently today? I love that. How you also said here, um, instead, recall your new definition of productivity and assure yourself that you're doing it right. And that a side effect of changing behaviors for the better is the self-doubt and fear that it may not work out. That is yes. phenomenal. Uh, and of course, I think that leads to a great question here. How can you crush self-doubt and build greater confidence as a new leader? Yeah, so first off, I think there is something positive that comes out of having a certain degree of self-doubt. I think self-doubt actually makes us uh, pay attention, be more aware of what's going on, trying to understand, or at least when we reflect on our self-doubt or we challenge the, the sort of this inner dialogue, we can learn a whole lot. And self-doubt sometimes also prompts us to work with a coach or to attend a leadership training or to read a book because we worry whether or not we're actually well-equipped, right? Being fully confident can quickly turn into a bit of ignorance of like, you know, like I would experience, I experienced in my early days, but I thought, no, I got this, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. And then I realized like, wait a second, <laughs> I, I'm not fine. This is not working. Uh, and so understanding that and appreciating or even embracing the fact that you, that people do have self-doubt or, um, that's a good thing. Now, self-doubt can of course hold you back, um, and keep you a bit stuck, but also just feel really heavy day in and day out. If you worry that you're not cut out um, to be in a leadership role, if you question your own behavior, question your decisions, it can add a lot more of this emotional heaviness uh, to the work, and that's not necessary. Now, and this brings us to this whole point around uh, manage your mind. 
yes, there are things that we can do to demonstrate a higher level of confidence, like how we conduct ourselves, eye contact, body gestures, the voice and how we or how we present uh, and message a certain any communication that we have or a presentation in a meeting. But at the same time, there is the inner dialogue. And so managing your mind before you manage people is all about understanding, well, first of all, facts are neutral, evidence, all the things that are happening are neutral. And then in my mind, I'm either making them good or bad. I'm making up stories about all the things I see all the time. That's just how we're wired. We also are constantly influenced by cognitive biases. One of the important ones here is to call out is the negativity bias. So we tend to assume more negative things, but we also see more negative things than we see the positive things. And we spend a lot more energy contemplating and thinking about this. And that's important to recognize um, because when we notice our head, uh, for example, observing a room or being in a meeting and we start to see all the things we don't like, it's like, okay, hold on a second. What are the things that I do like? Just give the positive equal airtime to the negative, like constantly sort of reframe what you see. When someone uh, is short or someone seems to interrupt me in a conversation, do I make that mean that they're not respecting me? Do I make that mean that they think I don't know what I'm talking about? Or do I think, yeah, maybe poor manners or they were just excited about the idea and couldn't wait to talk? You know, this is assuming positive intent in others is a really important principle and what that requires, though, is to constantly listen to the inner dialogue and challenge it. I remember that that, that phrase, and I think it's a book too, where, where uh, it's not mine, um, but I love it and I think about it a lot. It's to speak back to your mind more than you listen to it. Uh, and be this with people that we interact with, be this with managing our own distractions in the workplace uh, and, and our goals or discomfort levels and moments where we feel outside of our comfort zone, uh, how are we navigating this internally? How can we calm ourselves down? What are the things that we have to remind ourselves of? How can we collect evidence that we are the right people in the room, um, that we are the, the right person in that role, that we have something to say, that our opinions matter, that we have a track record of success? It's, this is evidence that can easily be sort of overshadowed by all the self-doubt. And it's on us to bring it and raise that up, uh, raise that up and um, pull that back to the forefront and remember, oh, no, I, I can do this. I've done this before. I love that. I love that. So it all boils down to, uh, just like you said here, how you think is how you lead. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Because when we notice people who, for example... Anytime we have a toxic work environment or anytime someone is disrespectful or intimidating or condescending or is, uh, you know, short, doesn't really spend any time on, on people, it often comes from a place of inner turmoil or inner lack of confidence. And so the little things, anything someone say or anything that comes across our desk feels like a stab or feels really heavy. And then we keep reacting to all those things. And that's when we start conflict to see it come up, uh, frustrations or alienating team members. This is when we find ourselves distracting on something or ruminating over situations and behaviors or 
you know, instances from days ago and still to this day, it's like in my head, running circles. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely understand that. And I'm thinking of something, I can't remember what the the part of the brain is, but it's it's how we register um, uh, basically like pain and rejection and all of that, all these things, disappointment, how we process it. And it's like we're being punched. That's how we, you know, register all that in our minds. Yeah. That's such an interesting fact, right? That when we're actually socially socially hurt in a way it to our to our brain it it's like a physical threat a physical violence yeah absolutely insane oh the brain the brain well (laughs) mona that was actually all of my questions for you i have one more one more my final question but before i ask you that is there anything else that you'd like to add i think as a final uh, final call out to anyone who finds themselves you know aiming for a, a leadership role or having transitioned into a leadership role recently or even having been in a in a management role or leadership role for a while but never really having that foundational training is ask for it look for support read the books uh, listen to podcasts uh, ask for any training that your company has or look for options that from third parties to get that support and build effective habits early on because it's so much easier to build them from the beginning to set clear expectations to put the boundaries in place and all of that when you first get started or within the first two years, then it is to undo those, unlearn the bad habits, or all of a sudden so like start to say, you know what, I've realized I got to do things differently. It's doable, but it's harder. Um, and, you know, I truly think that no matter what you've done, no matter what field you're in, when you move into a leadership response, uh, leadership role, it is uh, the responsibility is really on you to try to become the best that you can be because you growing as a leader will help everyone else grow on the team as well. Absolutely. Perfectly said. Eloquently said. I love that. Thank you for that. And my final question for you, Ramon, are you ready? I'm ready. What does your next chapter look like? Oh, what a, what a fun question. Um, well, my next chapter is... I. Really, I continue to be on that same page of I want to make sure that all new managers, um, and I'm, that's my big mission, that all new managers have some training and a good amount of personalized support uh, that is accessible to them when they first move into their leadership role to create a workplace where people thrive, people feel included, and uh, deliver something and have impact and feel valued and seen. Uh, beyond that, I my next chapter, my next book will be around stoicism and leadership, which is the intersection of the sort of the philosophy around stoicism and how that shapes and influences leaders in current, you know, current days, um, and uncovering the the connections between the two the two fields. That's that's my next book. That's amazing. I love that. And of course, uh, whenever you drop that, we'd love to have you back on here to discuss that as well. Uh, it sounds like that's going to be a great read as well. Ah, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. You're welcome. Ramona, I truly appreciate your time today. It's been a, a pure delight for me. Thank you. Same, same here. Appreciate it, Bianca. Absolutely. Absolutely. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at HR Pages. And we are also now available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time when we turn the page.